Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Believe in 76ers with your host, former 76ers point guard Eric Snow and two Sixers fanatics in Marcus and Tasia Dash. Believe in 76ers is presented by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is your number one source for all your sports betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. BetOnline continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Believe in 76ers podcast. I'm Marcus Dash here with legendary 76ers point guard Eric Snow and my brother Tasia Dash. We had a, we had a little mini bye week, a little offseason bye week. Um, you know, the NFL started last night. Obviously, you know, you guys know, watch the show, you know, me and Tasia are both Chiefs fans and uh, last night was a rough one, but uh, first, game out of, first game out of the way, it's all right. We'll, we'll bounce back. Um, Eric, what uh, were your first uh, your first reaction to the uh, beginning of the NFL season? Not a lot of flags last night, so that's that's good for for viewers. Um, actually, I had a practice with my son, so I only seen the second half. Um, I'm excited about football, not necessarily excited about you all's team. Um, <laughs> okay, fair. So, yeah, I'm excited. I'm a big, huge football fan. That was my favorite sport. So. It's good to see. Good to see it back. Watch college football over the weekend too, and you know, weeks go fast when football's in. Yep, that they do. Streamlined right to basketball season. Which they get Michigan State looked pretty good. Noah Kim, my guy from Northern Virginia, tearing it up. Yeah, way to throw that in there, but yeah, he did well. Um, <clears throat> so. Yeah, you know, you know I me, mean? Spartans. Hopefully, we can continue to win. Uh, Fun fact about Noah Kim, Eric. Um, I was uh, when I was, gosh, I think it was a sophomore in college. I coached at a, a, a like a youth football camp. There was only like like fifteen kids there. Noah Kim happened to be there. He was like I think like ten or something at the time. So I pretty much coached this kid. You know, I told the kid everything he knows now. Now he's now he's throwing, <laughs> now he's slinging balls at the in uh and uh, in East Lansing. I'll make sure to mention that to him next time I see him. <laughs> You know, my co-host taught you everything you know from a kid <laughs> yeah. that happened like, eight I'm, I'm, years ago. Yes. No, his, his you was 10. Ever, since, ever since you were 10, you know, he showed you everything you know. So I'll <laughs> yep. it. all stuck with you. At that one camp. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, his personal QB coach is a, is a friend of mine, um, and he was a, he was an assistant on our my high school staff when I, when I was there. Um, okay. But, uh, yeah, so, guys uh, – Lots actually to get into uh, with, with the Sixers. Uh, we had a little week off. Um, we got a new signing, or well, not new, but we brought back a, a guy who we're all big fans of, um, and uh, more stuff on James Harden, obviously. Um, and then uh, our guy Nick Nurse was on a podcast, and he kind of uh, talked about some things, some things that really I was surprised about. Like apparently, apparently he took less money to come to Philadelphia, which I thought was interesting. Um, that wasn't a, that wasn't a topic today, but I thought that was because remember we had a topic about why he chose Philadelphia over Milwaukee and Phoenix because we didn't we never knew if he even got offers of the other places. Um, but the fact that he took less money to come to Philadelphia, I thought was interesting, Eric. Is that does that surprise you? 
No, because I can see um, Matt at Phoenix offering them more. I can see that. If that's what he really wanted, I could see him, you know, especially coming in and wanting to win a championship and making the moves that he's made. I could see him offering more. Mm-hmm. The Bucks, I'm not sure. Yeah. Interesting, nonetheless, he said that the big part of coming in was to to coach with Daryl Morey and some of the pieces on the team, and that was why he ultimately chose Philadelphia, even though it was lower than one of the other offers between Milwaukee and Phoenix. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, the Morey effect, getting uh, drawing on Nick Nurse over here. Maybe next offseason he can draw some other guys over. (laughs) We'll see. Um, We'll see. So the uh, first topic tonight, uh, so Rachel Nichols, uh, NBA insider, uh, was on Undisputed this past week, uh, and he had a pr- she had a pretty interesting take on the whole Harden situation. Uh, she said, quote, the person who controls James, Harden, James Harden's trade value going forward is James Harden. If he shows up as a team player and proves himself valuable, there, then there absolutely will be a team that trades for him before the deadline. Uh, so my question to you guys, you know, there's, so, there's so much talk about, you know, get rid of Harden, get rid of Harden, trade him. Um, from a lot of fans just want to be done with this, the, this, the kind of the drama that's going on right now. Uh, but my question to you guys, would you agree with Rachel Nichols that James Harden ultimately controls uh, his destination or when he gets traded? Um, I agree that Rachel's telling her truth. Um, but I also, that's a, that's a team statement. Let's, let's just be real about it. That's, that's a statement she got from a team. And she got it from the Sixers. That that is that is a, an example of a of, of a team basically <laughs> saying, "Hey, this is all you need to do to get traded." Like that's all that is. Um, I think there's some truth to it, but he don't necessarily have to do that to have trade value. He already has trade value. The trade value just isn't good enough for the Sixers. So the trade value is already there. Um, so this is the Sixers putting some out saying, "Hey, if you want to go." The only way that we can probably get what we think we deserve is for you to do this. Well, well, what about all the other years in the 19 and 11 last year? Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, you know, if you're going to trade for James Harden, you ain't trading for James Harden for what he's doing the next two months. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. And, and then her, her statement comes right after there's a report that the Clippers are, are willing to let it ride it out and let this Harden thing go for because um, they're they're not up in their offer. And they're going to let it kind of stand pat. Yeah, why should they? Yeah, mm-hmm. they're they're, they're yeah, set up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She did say that she's been saying this for quite a while, but that could also be a team statement for quite a while. I don't think that changes anything. Say what um, for quite a while? The same thing that he—it's all up to him. What you know, how fast this goes. Um, yeah, I'm saying, said, but why? Why does? Why does? Um, you know, I mean, if you say that about like that statement right there, can be said about anybody, anyone. Like you, you can come and play well. And they tell you they're not going to trade you, and you can come and play well and show up, and they can still trade you. That's true. That's what I'm trying That's to tell true. you. Like, it's it, if they're going to trade, if the team is going to make a move when they feel like they need to make a move. So I, I don't understand this. 
you know, if you show up, that you're going to get traded. Like James could James could have showed up, never asked for a trade, and and signed, you know, the one year deal, never asked for a trade, came and played, and got traded, no matter how he played. I feel like James is not the average player, though, as far as like extracurricular stories and, and baggage. He's not. It's not saying like. Van Fleet getting traded up and one getting traded one day is not the same as James Harden getting traded, right? It's because not. He's not on the same level. J- James Harden is the top seventy-five, and he's not. I'm not talking about talent. I'm just talking about like 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 everything else but talent, really. Just all the the, the stories and the problems and the coach problems and the management problems and in that and off the court way. I'm saying because I mean yeah, that's those, yeah. those are things that you all use. When you want to control your narrative, when you want to point out your narrative, that's what you say. But it don't change the fact that what he's done in his career. No, no. So all um, that we talk, all that we talking about, he still did what he did. He's still a top seventy-five player, and he still averaged twenty and eleven last season. Last season, on the third best record in the NBA. Yeah. Okay. With all that we talking about. But it's I, I think it's those things you just men- mentioned are the reason why he's not completely blackballed. I think if he were declining worse than that, he'd be there'd be no one going after him at this point. The fact that he has those accolades and he's that good still is the only reason I think he's getting any attention. If, if you can play, they'll find a place for you. Yeah, James James don't get arrested. James don't go to jail. It's true. So what yeah. were we talking about? Yeah. A lot of guys in the league party and have fun and kick it. He's not the only person doing that. Yeah. What do you? So what do you? Okay. So kind of on the long same lines of you know him having a good time. Um, when the report that came out from Mona Shelburne's report about how uh, Harden stayed overnight. What, what was it? What was it? he stayed overnight in Miami? But before or after the, the game? I forgot what it was exactly. But either way, uh, Doc Rivers called him out in front of the team and also cited that he had numerous players come up to him and say they had a problem with him parting and doing that. So, like, does that kind of play a part in it, that it can kind of mess with teams' morale? Did who, he stay afterwards or went early? What are you saying? He stayed. He stayed after the Miami game. What, what, asked, so, the, so the team permitted him to do that? He asked yeah. management if he could take a separate plane away from the team because he wants to – hang out in Miami for a night. A couple of the players went to Doc and said they didn't they didn't like it. It, it rubbed them the wrong way. And then the next, I guess, film or meeting they had, Doc brought it up to Harden in front of everyone and, and mentioned the players who had a problem with it, which I thought was crazy, to be honest with you. But um, well, why is it crazy if they go to Doc? Now you can't be mentioned if you went to Doc? So you're okay with that? If you if you went to Doc and you complained about it, why would you have an issue with being called out in the meeting? Maybe they didn't. I I thought it was weird because if I'm going to my coach, I'm just saying you can't you can't be sitting up here a tough guy going to say something to coach and then telling coach, hey, don't tell him it was me though. 
<laughs> well, kid, he he can get the point across without saying, "Oh, Joel told me he had a problem." What couldn't he say? Some players on the team had a problem with it. I don't have a problem with either way. I think he could do it without saying the name. But, but if a, but if a guys if guys are complaining to the coach, they should be in the meeting telling James before yeah, Doc yeah. ever says anything. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Problem is, they're not top seventy-five players though. So they feel like they don't That's have like problem. The, the problem. The problem is he was permitted by management. Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Maury wasn't a liar then. He was he. But but it's the same management that, you know, that we got initially that don't want to trade him. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. liars who let him party all night. Yeah, I mean, it's because you let some we say he lied all the time. Liars. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody that you feel a lie. They, they have told you the truth before. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. They, sell, they, they tell some truths. <laughs> a team that's trading for hard, I think, overall, is, is trading for, best case scenario, they're trading for all those positives. His accolades, who he is, putting butts in the seats, playmaking, running an offense, big, big shot ability. They know what he brings, right? They just – what they don't want him to bring is attitude, baggage, and problems. That's what they don't want to bring. So if these stories keep circulating, I mean, I, the way I see it is, if someone's trading for James right now, they trading for a guy for this year. Yeah, I don't see anybody trading him to sign. You don't think the Clippers are possibly doing it, hoping for like a, a Westbrook situation? Like maybe he like signs for less next year. Yeah, but that's that's him taking the that's basically him being a new different, a totally new different player with a new hit. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know if, if James, like James, I believe is you know he's still single and 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 he don't have a family and like like Russ is it's easy for him to just be like you know what, me being home is more you know what I'm saying? like that's more important than chasing the you know more money, yeah. Um, and he's married, he's been married, kids and children. You know what I'm saying? That's I've said that before, but that's different. Like that's yeah. a different resign. Um. For, for that, because in, in ways you've taken less, but you're still saving money and you're saving time with your family, which is important, especially when you'll get those years back with your children. Yeah. I just think what I do agree with with her report is I've been saying this for a while. Like, everyone be quiet. The Sixers, Maury, Sixer reports, Harden's people. Everyone just be quiet. Like, let it all settle down. Let it be like a month without a stupid report of he said, he said stuff. And then you'll start seeing trade rumors resurface. You'll start seeing trade talk. But there's nothing else to talk about. Yeah, but they don't have to be saying a bad – I mean, yeah, what do you mean? When he goes on on, on camera camera and says my GM's a liar multiple times, of course there's not enough to talk about. We've addressed that. That was weeks ago. But it's no, no, I know, but it's things like that that keep popping up like every so often. It, it's like it's it, it resets. No, but it's more stuff popping up that comes from the team than it does from the player. Yeah, like yeah, for well, example, Maury can't go on a no. Maury can't grab a mic and say, "Well, James is a bad teammate." He can't do that. He has to say it behind back. Well, channels. if you think this stuff isn't coming from the team, you're kidding yourself. No, no, no. It, it is, but he has to do this because he can't grab a mic and call James a liar like James did to him. Maury would be fired for that, right? 
no one would want to play for him ever him. again. I think you'd have to. No, no player would want to go to you him. Don't have to say that. I mean, but you know, I'm not sure. I mean, you, you, I'm not saying that he need to call him a liar, but I'm just saying that, um, you know, all these insiders they're getting their information from yeah. somewhere inside. <laughs> do, do you yeah. think the, the the Shelburne report is a Sixers report? Because because um, well, that, that just makes James. I don't know that that makes him even more untradeable. If, if, if you're saying what he, what he was doing last year and there was problems within the team with James's uh, actions off the court, I don't know. I, I feel like why, why would they, if they were trying to up his value or just kind of keep it as is, why would you want to? Leave I don't that think they're necessarily trying to up his value. That's a good theory. Yeah, I don't. I don't think they necessarily. I, I think that they their their plan is to get through the year and 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 with the salaries reductions that they'll have and make a decision. I, I believe that they really want to get through this year and him stay yep. there, but they yep. want him to play and try to be his best, best, the best that he could possibly be for this year. I, I think that that's what they ultimately want. And I believe yep. that James knows that by them not giving Maxi the extension, they told you that's what they want. Mm-hmm. They want, but, but if, you look at, if you look at their free agency right now, they're telling you that's what they want. Yeah, yeah, they're trying to compete for one last year and then do a retool. Yes, yes. Then, then, then decide from next next year how we're gonna move forward. So they don't want to trade James. They trade James for one year deals if they feel like they can still compete at the same level. Yeah, it's got to be worth it for them not to be able to compete this year. Yeah, like, look, we're taking a huge hit. We know we're we're a worse team without James. Um, you at least have to compensate us for future, like at least for it to make it worth our time. Otherwise, we're losing a year of Embiid's prime, dude. Sorry, we're not trading him for nothing. Um, but you know, I read uh, that um, that quote. I forgot who said it, but it was um, uh, uh, James. Um, when he feels like he's been wronged, he gets extremely stubborn, and I think that's a huge part of all this that he he feels wronged. Um, and I mean, it's, it's a lot of people like that, but you know, I think yeah. you know, it's a lot of people. Like that. <laughs> there, there are, but James ends up in very advantageous situations where he gets to really. Yeah, I mean, so a lot of people feel that way, but it's just it's, it's maybe not as many people that will act that way. Extent, no, 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 not not necessarily act that way, but go to an extent. The levels of how you respond to that are different. I think a lot of people feel that way but the level to how you respond to it is where it's different. And I think James may be on that extreme response level. Making things uncomfortable? Mm-hmm. For other people. Like some yeah. people be like, man, you know what? Nah, that's cool. I'm not going to do that. Or he may be on <laughs> yeah. that you know, extreme level. Like, yeah, okay. Well, I mean, yeah. but you got to have, you know, you got to be built different to do that type of stuff. Yeah. He is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He posted mm-hmm. uh, after the Ramona Shelbourne report came out this week. He uh, posted on Instagram. His story was like all these reports. Uh, uh, LOL. I'm gonna start reporting shit with the eyes emoji. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, he different. He, 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 he yeah. He, that's not affecting him. It makes things entertaining. I'll say that much. Yeah, it's made for an entertaining. I, I, don't, know, I don't know how that's gonna impact our season this year, but it's entertaining for sure. Um. You can make a case for the offseason possibly being more entertaining than the actual season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
not it's not gonna amount in wins though. <laughs> what do you say, Eric? I just said interesting. We'll no. Um, so this week, uh, Sixers made a, a move, a little, a little offseason splash here, bringing in Danny Green. Um, to a, a, we see he signed a non-guaranteed contract, a non-guaranteed one-year deal, um, giving us a 3 and D, um, a little older, but a guy who can come in. The guy we wanted the trade deadline last year, or when he was waived, we thought we were, were going to bring him back. Um, I think we were interested. We didn't, we didn't obviously do that. But um, what do you guys make of this move? Uh, adding a guy who played under Nick Nurse, won a championship in Toronto with them, um, and coming back to Philadelphia, uh, a team. A, little, a lot of people made a joke this week that it's another old guy on the team with him, PJ Tucker, Harden. Um, there was a couple other guys they, they named I, for, I forgot, but they say you know a lot of old guys on the team now. Um, what do you guys make of this move? What do you mean? What? what, what? Think it's a good depth piece? Do you think he's gonna make the team? He's not guaranteed contract. He's great, great for the locker room. I, I don't know with, with Danny's injury what what he can contribute yet. Um, I know what he could do in the past. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I I think for you know he he's a reliable guy. He's a guy that is going to you know understand the system. You can put him in in certain situations, and he can be very helpful. Like he'd be very helpful in the locker room on the bench. Um, I see him being that guy and then a guy that, you know, as the season goes on, you can throw him in there. I don't see him as a regular rotation player right now um, unless, you know, I'm missing something. But for, for that particular role, um, yeah, I think he, he definitely is a benefit. Yeah. Um, I mean, it is what it is, right? He's an aging wing who might have a little gas left. I'm not like, like Eric. I'm not sure. Um, he might still have some. I hate an open three. Great veteran presence, especially when it comes to helping. You know, uh, Coach Nurse. You know, Coach. He's with him from his days in Toronto. Um, it's non guaranteed. I know. I keep hearing fans talk about how old he is and, and how old our roster is. Guys, we have four like, four players on our roster for next season. Uh, Embiid, Maxi, Springer, Reed, Tucker. Although I think he'll be dealt between now and sometime next season. So like <laughs> Maxi, Reed, and Springer are all under the age of twenty-four, and mm-hmm. Embiid. So it's like we're not an old team. It's just one year. We have a few old guys, but you gotta have veterans. I mean, so especially ones who know his uh, nurse's philosophy. Who you know who can help coach him pretty much. Uh, it's great to have a veteran in the locker room that you know knows um, the ins and outs of his offense and defense. Um, I think it's great. Uh, I'm totally cool with it. Also, a great team guy with especially when we kind of fear that there might be some drama this season with you know yes all the turmoil that's going on. It's a great team guy, a good camaraderie, chemistry guy to have in the locker room. Players really liked him. He was a, yeah. He's a really popular uh, locker room guy. And ironically, he was on the ESPN NBA show a couple of weeks back saying that Maury and Harden just need to talk to each other. That's it. They go they go way back with each other. That, that Maury and Harden need to talk to each other. Um, maybe he can be the guy to mend fences for both of them. Yeah. <laughs> we'll I don't know see. about that. Yeah. Good luck but with that. Great move, nonetheless, bringing him back. Dane was always a, a fun guy to have. Um, just, you know. Um, 
All right, so we're going to finish up here with our, with our show. It's a very quick show um, tonight. But um, So Nick Nurse was on Pat Bev's podcast. Um, and they asked him a bunch of questions. Um, we mentioned that you know he took less to come to Philadelphia to coach. Um, but they asked him about Embiid, and he first said that that's, he wants him swatting more shots than ever. But offensively, he said, quote, you're going to see him doing a little bit of everything to bring it up the floor, to running screen and rolls, DHOs, down screens, cross screens, back screens, whatever they're going to have to defend everything with him. Eric, I see a lot of people wondering why we haven't been using Embiid the way uh, Nick Nurse described. Um, why do you think that is, that we haven't used him in the way that Nick Nurse is describing here? Um, and are you encouraged to hear him say that this is what he wants to do with uh, Embiid this year? I think that's what Joel wanted to do. Probably not. I don't, I don't, I don't, I mean, it's, that's a lot, man. Like, I don't know if his conditioning is like that. You're saying you want him to be the best shot-blocking defender, then you're going to give him that load on offense too, where he's doing everything like that? Okay. I, 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 I look forward to it, but, like, I'm, I'm a realist about it. I mean, I think there's, there's different ways of getting him the ball, but at the end of the day, all that stuff we're talking about is getting him the ball on the block, the elbow, for ISO post-up, pick and roll. Like, you're still ending up in the same situation no matter whatever set you run. So some people just cut out all the fancy stuff and just give him the ball. Depends on how you look at it. Do you want to cross yeah. screen, down screen, back screen to just give him the ball at the elbow? Or do you just have him set a screen and or just post up at the elbow and throw him the ball? Like, it's just you're doing all, all of that to do the same thing, if you understand what I'm saying. It's not like they're drawing up this play where you got an elevator play and misdirection and he's coming through and he's catching, he, 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 catching off screens and it's not Steph Curry where you can have a little more action. It's different. So it sounds good. I'm just I just know that they all end up the same way. So I I, I believe if if his conditioning is top notch and all of the that different misdirection, all the action can be helpful. I, I I'm just saying I don't think he can maintain that um at the level that you just said. But I but I think he can still be dominant defensively. Um and he can be dominant offensively. I, I just I'm just not sure how it looks as far as how much action and misdirection and down screen, up screens. He's starting on high. Is he going to stay low? Is he running from high to low? Is he going to come in from, high, you, know, you know, low to high? Like all of this running and cross screens. And like, I just don't know if you can do all of that on the guy of his size and then ask him to run back and be the best presence in, at the rim where it's a perimeter game right now, and then come up and guard and defend it on the pick and pick row action. Hopefully he can. He mentioned um, in the interview, he talked about how like the way they used Marcus soul was a way that he hadn't been used a lot in the past. And they kind of fell up. They fell upon that by accident. Um, they put him at the high post and, he was just finding people on cuts, on back cuts, and, and dishing them the ball. Um, 
And this goes back to what made Marcus Marcus also wasn't asked to score 30 points a game. Totally. No, I, I agree. I, I think this kind of goes back to – That's what I'm to, trying to say. That, that's, the, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not trying to cut you off, but I'm saying that's what I'm saying is the difference is the offensive load you're asking that guy to do all of that. Now you're asking him to score, pass. Like, yeah, the Joker does it, but the Joker's not blocking a lot of shots on the other end. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? I'm just saying about doing both. Yeah, I think setting up an offense, taking it up, is a little too much to ask. I think that's ambitious. But like a, a, a high, uh, getting at the high post and running a back screen with Tobias to try to get easy looks off of a pass, I, that wouldn't expend yeah, that I mean, much more energy. That's different. I think him him receiving this the screen, I believe that's something that you can go to. But I I I, I believe that should be matchup more matchup driven than just doing it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, throwing in those different wrinkles is I'm cool with that. I'm not against it. I don't necessarily <clears throat> see why you need it for a guy's talent as him. Um <clears throat> I remember Dirk them, you know, made that, you know, really big with um, you know, guards defending him. Um, uh, but Dirk was also a primarily a jump shooter. So they were really doing it to get the switch. So he can mm-hmm. just raise up over the smaller guy. Yep. So that that's all that was to make them make you make a mistake or make you make a decision on a switch. But as I said before, you're trying to get a post up ISO or a, some form of pick and roll to get a switch and get a mismatch. And that's what it's for. So it doesn't really matter whatever action you get. That's what you're trying to do. Yeah, it's just different ways to get to the same place. If you want them to be all over rim protecting. And I know he said that um, his defense is is very all about a lot of activity from your guards. Very aggressive guard play on defense to funnel the ball uh, and the ball handler to the to the paint where Embiid's always going to be there and blocking shots. What do you say? That's what he wants. Um, and that's going to be a lot more defensive effort from Embiid, a lot more uh, uh, energy expel on defense. I guess I just took it as he's just trying to find maybe easier – ways to get scoring using the amount of attention Embiid's gets without expending as much maybe offensive energy to get those points. Um, if, if you want that, what you just said, go on the block. Yeah. That's the easiest way to get double and get easier opportunities for people is to put you down on that block because no one should be able to guard you one-on-one consistently and you continue to to put them in the basket and score until they double and you kick out and swing, get shots. Yeah. He talked about that too. But no one wants to play that way. They don't want to play that way. Uh, I don't think the coaches want to play that way. And I don't think the players want to play that way. But if you're saying open up and free up opportunities for people, the number one way to free up opportunities for people is to dominate the paint. With the ball, you get the ball in the paint, you create doubles, you shrink the defense, you kick out. That's why when people are practicing shots, most of the time those shots are coming from the middle when people are throwing them passes. That's why they call them practice shots. You're able to, to attack the middle and drive and kick the ball out. Same thing from a guard perspective. If point guard is getting in the paint and he's breaking down the defense, guys have to help. Your help messes up. It opens up shots. It opens up offense for rebounding opportunities. Well, that's what post-ups do. 
it's the same thing, except that they don't have to start on the perimeter to break the defense down. They start on the block. That's why they did that. So I'm saying if you want him to be this guy that can distribute and dominate, that's the place to start. So all that other stuff is cute. But if you want him to put people in the basket, let's start there. I guarantee you they can't guard him and they're going to have to double him off the bus. Mm-hmm. Now you can get whatever you want. And he talked I about that too. I, yeah. I just don't understand why, like, it's not, to me, it's not difficult to what you should at least try to start doing. Teams should come in and be like, a guy coming in and be like, man, I got to guard this dude, man. Y'all better help me on, on the pass. Y'all better be double. Man, I can't do guard this dude one-on-one. Like, that's how it should be. Every game. Yep. We played Miami, and I love Bam, but Bam, he should be like, man, man, y'all going to have to double. He can't guard me one-on-one. He's too small. But we don't go into playing Miami. And do, we, do we ever go in saying that or feeling that way? That Bam's too small to guard him? Mm-mm. Come on, man. Well, against Miami, we were getting the ball over half court and setting up our offense with like 12 seconds left on the clock. And at that point, <laughs> our offense was just thrown off and it was a lot of ISO play and we didn't really get a chance to do that stuff. And I noticed Miami was throwing a lot of bodies at him all over the court, making it hard for him to even get to the paint at the, at some point. So by the time he got to the paint, got the ball, he was already exhausted half the time. So so why do you think they're doing that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. The, go back to the, to the first thing we said when I said – if his conditioning is at that level, yep, to be able to do yep. all that. And we talked about how Nurse likes trying things. He talked about it again on the show or in the uh, podcast. I think part of it is, I think he just wants to try all this crap, throw shit at the wall, see what sticks, see what doesn't. Like he said, and put it in your back, put it in your holster for the playoffs. We know we can try this if they stop that part of our offense. We know we can do this if they stop that part of our offense. So I think it goes all hand in hand in that. And I like hearing that. I don't like a guy having a firm offense. It's this or we're screwed. I like someone who can, you know, make changes on the fly and and know what else can work with this team. Yeah, we got to get some wins on the way while, while all this experiment is going on. Too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. True. Yeah. Because I, I expect us to at least be in Vegas – or a quarterfinals based on our um, in-season tournament schedule. We should be in there. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. I will say as far as when, when you hear stuff like this, Eric, we talk about his conditioning being a problem or in general. I didn't say um, it's a problem. Don't put words in my mouth. I knew. I knew he was going that one. <laughs> <laughs> A potential, that, a potential, a potential problem. problem. I, didn't say, I didn't say. I said, I don't. His condition. He hasn't shown his conditioning to be at that level. At that level, all the things that he's he's speaking about. Right. It looks pretty trendy. I'm saying your conditioning got to be at a certain level to be able to, to do all of that. Do you think when you, when you hear this though? Do you think? And obviously, we know with Nurse's history with you know with Kawhi not playing back to backs during that Toronto run. Do you think this might mean we 
this could be a potential where we're seeing like, oh, okay, we're going to ask him to do all these things, but he's maybe not going to play as many back-to-backs or we're going to sit him more. Could you could you see that as well? I can see Joel playing, what is it, 67 games? <laughs> the minimum to get all your awards? 67, yeah, 67 or 66. Whatever it yeah. is. I think most of those guys, that's where they're going to play. They put it in there for a reason. That's what they're going to play. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then when half the league's doing that, they're going to raise that number to 70. <laughs> Whatever it is, that's what they're going to do, man. Yeah. yeah. And, and, yeah, and Joel does look a lot, like, firmer and, and leaner. This, this yeah, it was trim. Yeah. Some, some, some said online so it was because it was because his wedding. He was, getting, he was trying to get fit for his wedding. But now since the wedding's now done, he's still looking nice and, uh, nice and lean. No, it's um, probably because he met with Nurse, and Nurse told him all the plans he asked for him. He's like, I need you to, I mean, you need to defend the paint, <laughs> take the ball up, you're going to post up, you're going to run the offense. And he's like, okay, well, I'm going to hit the treadmill for about two hours. I'll see you later. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, nonetheless, I, I, I like, the, um, like the, the optimism that Nurse has right now and wanting to try all these things, you know, um, with, with Embiid. I mean, hey. At least a fancy basketball, I think Embiid. Based on what Nurse is saying, I think Embiid's gonna be a top top two pick of fancy basketball coming up. Sure. I would I would work a lot on because um, in, in crucial moments when Boston started doubling him a lot, he was starting to kind of crap his pants a little bit, throw those balls away. Whatever you gotta do to make him fully prepared for double teams in the playoffs, do do that. Because that's what's going to happen in the playoffs in crunch time. Yeah, just gonna... That's the thing about it. Like no one's going to double team him on the perimeter. Not many. They may double him late in the games, but unless he has it really, really going, like teams aren't going to double him like that. Why? Mm-hmm. But in the playoffs, I will. I definitely will. But they would on the block, right? Yeah, man. But yeah, but I, they'll do it differently, though. Yes. Yeah. 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 So the more block play we do have during the season, the more doubles we'll have during the season. Yeah. Yeah. And give him the similar looks, playoff looks, um, in practice. And that, that was a that was a big thing that he that nurse said in his introductory press conference. He wanted to give him the looks that MB will be getting in in the postseason in practice time. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, guys, that does it for us. Uh, thanks for tuning in to Believe in 76ers podcast. We'll see you guys next week, and who knows? Maybe we'll bring back another former uh, Sixer uh, ne- next for, for next week for a non-guaranteed contract. Who knows? Bring in um, <laughs> Henry Sims or something like that. Ooh. <laughs> With a poke over there. I got you. All right, guys. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.